Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tried to, tied to streaming services, because apparently I'm tongue-tied now, too. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Deeson. With me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you two doing today? I'm doing great. I am happy. This is the happiest been I've, I've been in four years. How are you, Maya? I'm pretty good. <laughs> and Greg? I'm excited. Yep. I'm very excited. We both got up early for this, didn't we? Uh-huh. I didn't get up early. I'm horrible. Well, I mean, nah. early is relative for you. Because here's the thing. He's getting inaugurated at 12 Eastern, and that's 9 a.m. for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, big difference. Big difference. It's currently 20 after 10 in the a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. On Wednesday, July or January twentieth, July. Where the fuck did I go? I don't know. Normally, this is when I get up on a Wednesday morning, and then we record like an hour or an hour and a half from now. But uh, this morning, I was like, "Gotta get up early." Um. Well, for everybody that's uh, joining us today on this podcast, uh, and I don't know why I worded it like that, but uh, we're going to be reviewing three things today. We're going to be reviewing episode five of The Stand. The History of Swear Words, hosted by Nicolas Cage, and WandaVision, Episodes 1 and 2. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to start with The Stand. Um, I feel like it's a slightly shorter conversation. Uh, could be wrong. Here we go. So, I asked Betty this when last week, when Episode 4 aired. And I don't remember if I asked on the podcast or, or just in text conversation, but... My dad is also concerned that we are not like there's there's there has to be a, a second season. He's yeah. I again I spoke with uh, someone yesterday uh Matt heard about this um how I think that I feel like they're going to draw it out for a second season because they've even though they've put so much story in which they could have left out the episodes are very short in themselves and there's only nine and we're on five. So I'm like, how y'all going to wrap this up in four episodes? I'm not sure. <laughs> but he, it was funny. He said, uh, cause I said that the ninth episode or the eighth episode or something like that is literally called the stand. And he just goes, if that's what I think it is, they're going to have to do a second season. Yeah. That's just like the middle of the book. So that's fascinating to me. I, I mean, if that's the case, if it's a, if it's like a, if their their term of a miniseries is like a short um, seasonal and, thing, yeah. If it's like two seasons, that's fine. But fucking let us know, okay? <laughs> because I've been sitting here very disappointed in what's been going on, and I honestly think this has been the best episode I've watched so far because there was not a shit ton of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So there was story to be told and it was yeah. very well done. Uh, it does match the book very well, in my opinion. Something that I, I know that everyone who's read The Stand at this point knows or seen the miniseries, but um, it was very clear to me that 
Stephen King wrote Randall Flagg to be the, the, the devil, like straight up. Um, he resides in the city of sin. Everybody that is in those shots is uh, uh, participating in some kind of debauchery, whether it be, you know, murder or gambling or sex, like it's all part of the seven sins, yada, yada, yada. It was, and, and, and the fact that he like crucifies people, it just all screams like mother Abigail is a prophet of God and Randall flag is the devil. That's just how it screams to me right now. It is, it is like knowing that he wanted to make a story that was good versus evil. That's, that's what it is. hundred percent. But doesn't it make you also wonder if it's like, okay, the devil can come to earth and do his thing. Why you got to use a proxy? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's like summed up later in the show or whatever, but it, it all seems a very, a little odd. Like I could be totally wrong about it being the devil, but it's definitely meant to represent the devil in a way. Yes. Um, through most of King's books where he's, um, where he makes an appearance, he's some version of the dark man. Yeah. I was reading about his appearance in the, in the dark tower. And I was like, so he's just kind of like a dick. Oh, right. He's a dick with a lesson, okay? <laughs> if you haven't read those, you really should. That is like by far one of King's best series ever. And it will suck you in and it will make you feel emotional. And you will come away with things that you never thought you'd come away with. Uh, case in point, in one of the books, there's a battle that takes place. And uh, the this town's getting terrorized because their oldest born are being stolen away, and they're always returned. And now it's a very rural town. They're returned ruined. They're ruined, uh, basically reduced to just non. Uh, they're they're given partial lobotomies. Is essentially what it is. Their brains are destroyed, and they're just barely functional on a any normal level <clears throat> but these raiders they call them the wolves when they come and they show up they turn out to be doom bots wearing wolf masks on mechanical horses wielding lightsabers and exploding harry potter snitches that have saw blades inside them jesus christ yeah that, that that's just a little cool thing uh so he pulls shit from other things and makes them terrifying. Yeah. Great. But with this episode, do you guys think that it was more um, well done than the others? I have to say out of this, out of the first five episodes, this one was my favorite by far. Yeah. I think so uh, for me too. I, I still felt like it ended a little early, but knowing what I know of the books. Um, yeah. I thought the scene was very well done when, um, you know, he was like, you're going to tell me. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going to off myself. Take that. You know, it's the end uh, of the world. What you got to lose? You that, know? Was, that was a bit. I, I saw that coming a little bit um, after she left. Like, I don't know. That seems very telegraphed. Well, because the second that she went and stabbed him, I was like, he's not dead. I don't know why this is playing out the way that it is, but he's not dead. And then I realized what he was doing, the character. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And then I was like, oh, now she's going to kill herself because she knows that 
like he's not going to let her go the correct way. Like he's not going to, she's going to become a message. And so she just said, fuck it, I'm done. And, uh, um, Find another messenger. What I didn't see coming was that because Tom is, and I hate to put it this way, simple, he can't see Tom. Yeah. Which, which tells me that, that Randall can only see people via their basic instincts, their basic, their, like the sinfulness that resides in somebody is how he connects to them and contacts them via dreams. He can, uh, he connects through sinfulness, but it also gives him a window into his, into their eyes. Uh, like he said, right. he's been watching her since she came here. Uh, everybody is filled with sin, but Tom, let's face it, because he's childlike and childlike, you know, children and childlike people are, a form of innocence, you know, and it, it frustrates the fuck out of flag. It pisses him off. Well, yeah, that was, that was, that was abundantly clear to me that it's just, it's, it's so like, that's what has me now in a sense hooked. Like I like, literally, my questions are where the fuck did mother Abigail go? Um, she got to spend 40 days in the desert, man. What are the extent of, geez, I, uh, what is the extent of Flag's powers? Like, where does it end? He ha- he he knows like the old lady outside the desert right now. He knows uh, certain things, but it, he knows that there's a third person. He just can't see. So so where well, does like Mother Abigail? Do you think that she doesn't have the same knowledge that he has in the uh, opposite direction? She knows that there's insurrectionists in her camp. You know, she knows she can probably see things through people, you know, and I didn't think she had the same power to me. The way that I'm, I'm envisioning it right now is that, uh, and again, everybody listening, understand. I said this every week. I, this is the, I don't know shit. (laughs) I'm only seeing what they're showing me from my perspective. When I think about how it's very tied to biblical shit, um, people who were, fortunate to be helped by God were less powerful than let's say the devil himself. So to me, mother Abigail has less abilities than Randall flag, but mother Abigail has not just been chosen as like a Moses. She is more like a Metatron. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's not how I'm taking her. Uh, You'll get there. You'll get there. Sure. To me, she was very much Moses. Like, that's how I kind of saw her. Yeah, you know, she did have Moses qualities, but when it comes her time, she can be badass. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, and she's got her own set of unique skills that she can use to help defeat Flag, but a majority of this is going to be left up to the people. But, yeah, because that—that's why I was saying that she came as more of a Moses sort of character versus Metatron, because Metatron had a lot of abilities, whereas Moses was just able to talk through God. And to me, that's kind of what like her power seems to be very much regulated towards just having visions via dreams or something like that. So that's why I was like, mm, she she's definitely there as the source of good right now. That's what you've seen so far. That's what I've seen. So right, this is this is all. I'm I'm speculating with basically what I've given, what I've been given. Yeah. Um, but uh, but, do we want to go ahead and give it a rating? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'll just say this episode was a solid A for me. Like there, it kept me enthralled. I didn't, I didn't feel the need to ever look away or get bored. So solid A. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to know what's going to happen with uh, a lot of these characters from here on out. I still think that a lot of characters that they spent a fuck ton of time on in the very beginning of the show have not had a whole lot to them yet. They're still very vanilla, but. As for and the, some of them are just NPCs, you know, that are there to fulfill a very short role. That's fine. I just it seemed like uh, uh, Stu. They are cramming a lot into it, though. Um, Stu, for example, he he still hasn't like his story in the very first episode was much to me was just hey, this is what it was like in this this scenario. Um, in but, the first miniseries, um, what's his name, Maya? Gary Yeah, he was much more fleshed out, in my opinion. Uh, the book, obviously, much more fleshed out. So that's, I, think that's what, I think that's what's fascinating to me, is I went and looked at some stuff, like some advertisement stuff from uh, the, the first The Stand, and that was their biggest pull, was like, Gary Sinise is the lead in this. And I'm like, that means that Stu Redman was meant to be the main character of the whole thing. Yes. But he doesn't feel like a main character yet. But in the book, he you know, while he is a uh, you know, protagonist, he he's one of many. Um, I think they're trying to go more with the book in that direction. Yeah, Stu played a good part in the book, but there were several other people who played just as important parts. Uh, with the first miniseries, Stu was your typical male savior type. Yeah. Uh, with this one, I think they're trying to follow the book a little bit more closely, but again, the constant back and forth with these flashbacks that aren't really giving us enough history of these characters they're not doing as great of a job of it as they could. Now I hope here on out, they continue in the format that we saw this week. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that uh, to me it was, it's, it's evidently clear. And this is, this is kind of what I was getting at with the whole, like he doesn't feel like a main character yet is that um, like you said, there are multiple main characters. So, as time goes on with the show, we will become more attached to them without back background shit. And when they go to do something important that is in a sense, deathifying or exciting, we're going to be attached enough to where it's going to be enthralling. Yeah. That's, that's very much what I'm hoping for. I just think by episode five, it's fascinating to me that the girl who just killed herself, I felt no attachment to <laughs> like, I was like, okay. <laughs> That sucks a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she had more of a story in the book. Um, what about you, Maya? What would you rate this one? Uh, well, before I rate it, I, I did have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, because I, I also talked to Matt Hurd uh, yesterday, or maybe it was the day before. <clears throat> and he was saying that New Vegas in the book, and I've not read the book, was a lot more authoritarian and not as sinful per se. Yeah, uh, it was, okay. it was set up in a casino and you know, that's flags, uh, uh, modus operandi, you know, while he does allow them to indulge in certain things, he has very strict rules about how to do so. And if you fuck up, you're out. 
So yeah, yeah, he's absolutely correct in that. You know, it wasn't just like, you know, sex and orgies and vodka all the time. You know, they had a job to do and he was readying his army for what was coming. That's not how I read it. Yeah. He was, he was saying that like one guy was crucified just because he was doing cocaine. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, there are certain indulgences they were allowed in. Uh, you know, other ones, no. I mean, and again, you know, the, everybody likes to think of the devil as like, you know, ooh, let's all go to hell and have fun. Uh, he was an asshole for a reason, you know. I mean, it, I mean, I would argue, I would argue that that God was more of an asshole than the devil, but you're not wrong. In some ways, yeah. I mean, and at the same time. Are you gonna have a good army if they fucking getting shit faced on cocaine? You know, I mean, again, it is interesting to look at it from that perspective because there there was a lot more going on uh, in that direction than I was expecting. So, but yeah, yeah. It, it it is different. And if you get the chance, I don't know how often you read or if you want to get it on the audiobook. I would definitely check it out because I do think that the written story is the better story yeah. so far. You also like the way that Stephen King writes, and I can't stand it, so there's that too. But well, his writing has also changed a lot over the years. But you know, I do like his earlier stuff. This and you got think I, I was a teenager in the '90s. We didn't have cable. We didn't have cell phones. I didn't have a car. I read a lot of books, man. <laughs> Those were my escapes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I read books too. I just, his style of writing always bothers me. So, but again, like you said, you know, that he did, he did write differently in his early years and this was written. Uh, it was released in 78 originally. I think it was 78 and then yeah. re, re-released in, in 1990 with extra stuff. So um, I suppose yeah, I he's, chance, but. Yeah, you you should definitely check out the newer version, I would imagine, because I know when he uh, did the Dark Tower, initially the Gunslinger was released in parts in short story version Mm -hmm. and then compiled into a novella. Um, And then, of course, you know, the next three books, they came out in the 80s. Um, when he released the last three books in 2003 and four, he went back and revised the first four and updated them and cleaned up continuity. So, and his writing style had also changed. So he went back and redid things and it's a completely, I've read both versions. So they're completely different in a lot of ways. He does that. So I recommend checking out at least some of his newer stuff. So you, you, you're a big uh, dark tower fan. Oh yes. Do you know what a Skullpata is? The what? A Skullpata. <sighs> Refresh my memory. Is a turtle amulet for protection. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not long after reading that, Jeff bought me a um, clip-on brooch that was a turtle, and I called it my Skullpata. Nice. I still remember that word to this day. Nice. And Billy Bumblers. I've always wanted a Billy Bumbler. Yeah, really. Those and they left cool. that out of the movie. How do you leave out the Billy Bumbler? <laughs> they left out a lot of the stuff. But 
regardless, one of the scenes that shocked me before I give this my grade, uh, when they're walking through the casino, you see all this just very badly choreographed and filmed sex scenes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of boobies everywhere and then you see <laughs> Yeah. Um like the one in the elevator that's pressed up against the glass and the guy going behind her. I'm sorry. Did he have like a two foot long um, unit? Because as far back as he was standing and the exaggerated motions took me right out of the scenes. I'm like, oh, it's not real. Oh, the, the, the scene where uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but he was the one in jail that was Lloyd. 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 <clears throat> He's standing there with that girl, and then the the one from the camp who was you know being a spy, right Damn. behind them are like two 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 dudes just going at it. <laughs> yeah, like, completely distracted one, by that. Very game and of the throne. one dude, the one dude, you know, he was just like very elongated, exaggerated head motions. Is like okay, at, at the angle, you see what it's supposed to imply, but come on, no, uh, but yeah. I was I was surprised at how explicit they made it, and then I was like, "Man, this is CBS." And then I forget, oh yeah, CBS All Access. This isn't on regular TV, yeah. so they can do what they want. Uh, but you know, overall, I think it was the best episode they've done so far. So I would give it an A. Um, but I don't think we're going to get a payoff. I, I, I'm starting to feel like. Based on what I remember of the original miniseries versus where we are versus the titles of the episodes later, they're going to have to do a lot of leaving shit out at this point because I don't think they're going to do a second season. We'll just have to wait and see because I thought that about Under the Dome, but they did it anyways. (laughs) Well, they've not said anything, so who knows? They may be saving it. Yeah. They're saving that announcement and saying, you know what? We did two seasons, and this is part one, or, you know, part one of one overall season, or whatever they want to call it. I did this episode in A as well. Um, I was pleasantly pleased with this one. Uh, you know, they just got right into the story of it, and, you know, it, it was good. You know, I wasn't kind of lost in the where are we at now, you know. And so, yeah, I did enjoy it. There's a lot of times I was like, damn. So, but yeah, it was good. Again, my biggest thing that I really feel, and it's just me, I always feel like the, short, the shows are just too short. Yeah, I, I don't like the runtime. You're getting an hour average runtime, you know, and they could be longer because. I mean, this is a, what, 1,200-page book? <laughs> Roughly. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, my dad's concern was, is, is definitely in the same vein as I think your dad's is, and that's, you know, we just, if it's he who keeps going at this pace, we're never going to, we're, we're not going to get to the end by the end. Yeah, we'll not make uh, the end. <laughs> not- you know, for all we know, for all we know, the next, you know, four episodes could be two hours apiece. So, I doubt it, but... No, no, I've, I've read that they're one hour run. Oh, okay. 
Okay, gotcha. Well, now that well, we our views, we can move on, all right? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm fascinated to keep going with the show, so that's, you know, a plus there, too. But, um, yeah, so we move on to uh, History of Swear Words, hosted by Nicolas Cage, which you can find on Netflix. Very, very, very digestible series. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes an episode. Um, but, yeah, the show is basically just each each episode runs through the history and etymology of a certain swear word. I think the first episode is fuck. Yep. Yes. Which is hilarious. And then it goes shit, bitch. Oh my God. I'm trying to Dick, Dick and damn. And damn. Yeah. I have to say, I was kind of surprised at um, the different reactions to the words pussy and bitch. Me too. From- from both male and female perspectives, you know, because I, all I know is how we act in my family, you know, and I've, you know, it's good to know that there are men out there who, who consider the implication of using such words, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not the norm, but it it was interesting to see because I don't think I'd ever seen anyone like that, you know, so it was kind of weird. It definitely was strange to me as well. Cause I was like, I was like, to me, bitch is such a, Eh, word now because it's been used so often it's it's on regular tv like you know um that it doesn't it doesn't have the same to me it never had the same sting um i'm well, not like gonna, if you call me a bitch i'm gonna laugh at you i don't care you know you call me a cunt we're gonna have problems <laughs> you know <laughs> But bitch, yeah. no, I mean that that is something that women, like she said, have taken back to a degree. You know, we will go in, we will call our girls bitches. You know, what's up, bitch? You know, but if some girl comes up to us we don't know and she's like, bitch, I'm girl, you are not talking to me. I know was, you're not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that's what I'm glad they kind of touched on with the whole series is that each of these swear words has a different connotation with how you say it. Not just how it's used, but how, like, if I go, "What's a bitch?" Like, that's a that's a fir- that's a form of endearment. If I go, "Fucking bitch," that's totally fucking different. Yeah, and I love that every single word in there had that category because it's it's accurate. Yeah. Um, I also well, like. Love- I've always said that "fuck" is my favorite word. I remember uh, one of the elderly women who used to follow my uh, Facebook asked me why I use that word all the time. Because I do, it's it's peppered throughout all the things that I write, and I told her I was like, because it's an amazing word. It's extremely versatile. You can use it in almost every situation, and you will never be wrong. I mean, it's the adjective, uh, superlative. I mean, it's everything that it could be to just make emphasis to your statement. Yeah, fucking a. I there was my favorite thing about this mini. I don't know. I hope to do a second season of it. But my favorite thing was that it wasn't just educational. It was hilarious. Uh the the fact that they got comedians in there. My, one of my favorite jokes was on in the bitch episode was the girl saying like, "I would never like call my cat a bitch. I wouldn't do that." Oh, I, I call, call my cats bitches all the time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, because I call it a cunt. Fucking yeah, sometimes oh, it's it was Nikki Glazer. It was Nikki Glazer. 
Yeah. I love her. So fucking funny. <clears throat> she is hilarious. But yeah, getting comedians in there to kind of talk about it, well, I think was brilliant because it just makes it again. And I've said this tons of times, like it's, it's so important to me that when you have something like this, that it has to be partially funny. Like I'm totally for the etymology of words. I would that fascinating, like where were like the way they came from, how people thought they got made. Yada, like fascinating. And have I you love read the anything fact on that they had... uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love the fact that they had scholars, you know, and people who excelled in their fields of study on language and the etymology of words and people that used to work for dictionaries, you know, yeah. sprinkled in throughout the comedians talking about uses of the words and, you know, everything's just a word, you know, it's only over we time that, it, that we give it, you know, the meaning that it takes on it's like fuck there's nothing inherently bad about saying fuck i fucking say it all the fucking time i use it uh you know like betty i use the word fuck on a regular fucking basis as you yeah i know it's probably one of the first words my daughter ever heard so (laughs) well then that's that's, and that's the point i want to make about like why i and why i appreciate the level of comedy was because cuss words are silly they're a little silly um Shit. So to take cuss words that seriously would have been a detriment to the show. So that's why I appreciate the comedy. That's all I was getting at. And just I mean, uh, I do have to ask, how, how do you both feel about using the words pussy and bitch? Pussy is really silly to me. I don't like either word. I don't, I'll use son of a bitch a lot, but I won't use bitch so much by itself like i don't and haven't used that word to refer to women in years and years and years i used to a lot when i was younger because i listened to a lot of fucking hip-hop and i was desensitized to it and i referred to uh bitch was a catch-all yeah and i got out of that thankfully because i didn't like it i Stop! I stopped and thought, oh, shit, this is really bad. Um, so I don't use it. Uh, I will. I'll, now, that's not to say never. Sometimes I will say, God, you know, so-and-so is acting like a real bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, very rarely. Uh, and I don't like pussy. I just, I don't like saying it. Pussy to me is the same as like when I was in high school and I would say like, if, if something happened that I didn't like, I said, I got Jude. It's very immature to me. Right. It's, it's super immature to me. I'm not saying that pussy is the same as that, you know, very derogatory term, but, um, but you didn't know better. No, I was a fucking idiot kid. What do you, yeah. Um, but like once I got out of high school, I think even before high school, um, certain words just became very immature to me and I never wanted to say them again. And pussy very much falls into that category. Um, it just, when I say it, if, if, if I'm, if I'm using it in context, it's not that bad, but if I'm using it in terms of like, man, shoot a tight pussy. I'm like, ugh, <laughs> what am I? 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I call my sisters bitches and pussies all the time, you know, but 
it for us the word pussy is the connotation of you're a chicken shit. Yeah, that's it has that's nothing to only, do with our genitalia. <laughs> yeah, that's the only like context I would ever use it. And in that regard, I would say chicken shit more often than not. That's and that's also what I think is funny is like let's take us playing fucking Fall Guys for example. Our friend who we play with, whenever there's something that he's goading us into doing, he'll sit there and call us a pussy, which I always think is funny because I don't ever say that unless I'm meaning it in a way that is making fun of the word, making fun of the connotation behind it. Like I'll be like fucking pussy. You know, here's the thing: if he was doing that to me, I would have to come out and be like, man. You call me that so much, I'm starting to wonder if you want to fuck me. You know, I oh, I, 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 the, all the, all those jokes have come out at some time or another with him. Like, it's like, uh, I, I could get into it later, but I'm not going to right now. But yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. And, and most of the time, what I'll do is just, I'll just be like, yep, I'm a pussy. I'm just going to keep doing this until I win. <laughs> hey, I do think that the, um, amount of swear words, the ones that they went over were pretty good. Um, uh, there were some that they left out by you know good reason, like the N word. We don't need a history of that oh, shit. No. We all know, That's you right. know. Um, the little woman, the linguistics woman, who looked like she probably never said a cuss word in her life. I loved her. She was just cute as hell. Especially when she was saying fuck and shit. No, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just a sweet grandmother that I know, never right? say these words, and here she's just saying them as casually as fucking possible. And nice. Nicholas Cage doing the um, hosting, that was great. I don't know about all that hair color he got going on, but that was great. <laughs> Nicholas yeah. Cage has become one of my favorite people in movies or whatever just because he knows what he is now. He knows that he's not a serious actor anymore. Like, did you guys see the trailer for his upcoming movie called Willie's? Or I think it's it's Wally's Wonderworld or something like that. Wonderland. It's no. it's basically this this very B movie esque looking film, but a bit higher budget than a B movie. But it's him versus a bunch of animatronics that have that are murderous. I'll watch it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'll watch it. Yeah, it looks it looks hilarious. Like, and I think he knows that, which is why he was hamming it up for this fucking thing. Like. Hardcore hamming it up. Oh, yeah. So what was your reaction? I know Greg's reaction, Betty, but what was your reaction uh, to find out that Jonah Hill is the cursingest actor ever? It didn't surprise me, honestly. Um, Thinking back, because, you know, I've watched a lot of Jonah Hill movies, and I've always been impressed that he cusses like I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and it's like I noticed when watching uh, Marvel, Samuel L. Jackson, I don't think I heard him say a curse word once. No, definitely not. Yeah, so (laughs) I don't think you could do the same with uh, Jonah Hill, so. Um, I mean, I've seen Jonah Hill do things where he doesn't really curse a lot. But, yeah, for the most part, he's fucks in. You could have given me a ton of guesses, and I would have never got Jonah Hill. But you could also give me a ton of guesses on which movie has the record for the most cus- most fucks in it. I should say, and I still wouldn't have got to Wolf of Wall Street. Like that is insane to me. I never. I've watched that movie twice, and I never thought once about the amount of fucking times they say fuck. But that's also I how like, I think. I've not, I've not seen that movie. That's I have not either. 
my my only problem with that movie is that people idolize uh which is weird to me they people idolize uh leonardo dicaprio's character much like they did gordon gecko with the movie wall street which is the exact opposite of the intention um so uh oh pardon me um when you watch that movie just know that nobody's a good person in that movie but it's fucking fascinating um great movie he should have won an oscar for that honestly Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, do you think they'll do a season two? I hope so. I hope so. I hope they do a little bit more harsher words, like like cunt. Cunt. Yeah, I thought that one should have been in there. I'd like to see how other people feel about that because I do think that as women, we are trying to reclaim that word. Um, yeah, it's it's my favorite word. Well, yeah, I say it a lot too, but it's one of those things I can say it, you can't say it, you know, when it comes to men. What what about what if I call another guy a cunt? Does that No. <laughs> you can call him a douche canoe, you can call him a douchebag, you can call him a teabagger, you can call him a cocksucker. But cunts are word. You don't get to use that word. <laughs> That's just I, how I, I feel about it. If you call me a cunt, you best expect to wake up in the hospital because bad things will happen. <laughs> See this? And, okay, so and that's that's I think a point that I've made a hundred times. Like, I'm not gonna call somebody a cunt unless I'm joking. I'm not actually calling my friend the guy a cunt because he's acting like an asshole. Like, I'm calling him that because it's funny. Because the word to me is silly. All cuss words are silly to me. Um, I, I, I am very adamant that us as a society put power behind words and that the word itself doesn't have power. Um, oh, yeah. So when I use these words, I'm not putting power behind them. I mean, if you're doing it behind silly. closed doors and you ain't running around going, cut, 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 that's no. another thing, you know. Well, again, and that's we all say category. things behind closed doors that we would not ever do in public. Well, then that's and that's another thing that I have to make clear is that I like cuss words. I, I enjoy saying them, but I don't use them extremely often. If I'm writing something, I'm probably not going to use a cuss word. If I'm having a public speech, I'm probably not going to say a cuss word. When I'm doing this podcast with you guys, how often do you hear me actually say a cuss word? Well, it's very- you hear me, you know. I mean, and that's the thing with me, the way I talk, unless I'm writing um, something that uh, I know has to be taken in an extremely respectful light, I nix off the cu- cuss words, but maybe pepper in some less offensive ones just here and there. But if I'm writing because I'm pissed and just fucking pissed, yeah, there's going to be curse words every two to three words, you know, and a lot of them are going to involve the word fuck. That's just all there is to it. But I know when I should cuss and when I shouldn't cuss. And I try to behave in that manner in those situations. It's like Lydia's been allowed to cuss since she was a toddler. You know, she figured it out on her own. And I was like, well, she used it in the right you know, context or whatever, but she's also been taught, you know, these are people you don't do this around. She never did it at school. She's never done it around her grandparents and she's still shy about doing it in front of us. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. far more important to, to teach and understand uh, the appropriateness of using them. And I feel like 
to me, this is going to sound really fucked up and it, it kind of counterintuitive to what I was saying earlier about me liking cuss words is that when I grew up, my little brother, he, it was his every other word. We made, we made jokes about it, how every other word was a cuss word because he couldn't find the right word to appropriate or sorry, appropriately kind of convey his opinion about something. Um, so when I hear people use a lot of cuss words in their conversation, and I mean a lot, I don't think of them as having a very high intelligence. When I hear people use cuss words casually, like you two do, your intelligence level doesn't decline. It's, it's the overabundance of it that bothers me. Oh, and that's understandable. You know, it's like, I remember one time going out with one of my sisters and she was being loud and saying, fuck this and fuck that. And we're in a shopping center. And I'm like, girl, you need to check yourself. You know, I'm the queen of cursing and I'm telling you, you need to check yourself. Yeah. And that's, and I, I only say that because that's, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to legitimately in front of someone's face, call them a cunt or a bitch or a pussy. Smart move. Because to me, that's kind of fucked. Like it's just, it's in, in multiple ways. It's, it's, it, to and me, likely it, to get you hurt. <laughs> well, to me, it's immature. To me, it's unintelligent. It's if you can't look at somebody and understand why they're pissed and you immediately just go to referring to them as a bitch or a cunt, that, that speaks more on you than it is on them. Um, and I've always felt that way. However, however, I like using the word cunt in a different context. Um, like, for example, I'm playing a game and a guy kills me and I'll call him a cunty cunt because I think it's funny. Um, cunty cunt is funny. That's it. Like, that's, that's how I use the word. Uh, and uh, so I don't, I don't personally think that's wrong or bad in any way, shape, or form. I know that there's some people, like my mom, for example, who can't stand the word at all. The, to, to her, it's as bad as the N-word. And uh, I wholeheartedly well, you know, agree. And the thing but, is, kids come up with new things all the time. It's like, I could have handled if my uh, stepson, when he was younger, was in the bedroom yelling, cunty cunt. But no, he was in the bedroom yelling "cum dumpster," and I was like, "Oh no, we need to stop this shit now." <laughs> oh, cum, cum dumpster is one of my favorites. Like that is fucking funny. And you there know what's the saddest thing? He learned it from one of my sisters. <laughs> there, was yeah. a hat, there was a hat that I wanted to get for a white elephant Christmas a long time ago that just said "Daddy's little cum dumpster." Oh, but my nephews well, were there. So wrong. <laughs> That's so wrong. But that's that's I mean that's how I view fucking curse words. Like they're not they're not serious to me. They're and they never will be serious. I know some people do take them seriously. I know that some people. Oh do. my god! Yeah. That, like so so. Eh, I don't know. It's just. I don't like, get why. Like somebody, you know, oh I'm gonna, you know, tell you exactly what I think of you, and they start cursing me out. I don't have a problem with that because I think it's funny. It's like, okay, you're mad. I get it. But some people are like, you're not going to cuss me, you son of a bitch. And I was just like, okay, why are you getting so bent out of shape about that? It's not like they walked up to you and they punched you in the fucking genitalia and spit in your eye. I mean, it's 
just words. I, it, I yeah, always, so if somebody calls me a cuss word, I, I kind of just go like, all right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be more creative than that, honey. You know, yeah, that's yeah. typically how I respond. I'm like, here's Is that all you got. <laughs> It's like you're a motherfucker. I'm like, okay, you three-toed Albanian yak snatch. What else you got? Exactly. Yeah, that's. Oh, and snatch is also a great word for a vagina. I fucking love that word. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> I, do too. I do too. I've always been a fan of it. But yeah, I, but I, 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 would never... I remember one time I was opening up a checking account at a bank, and they said you need to have a password on your account, and I said snatch. <laughs> and the girl just got all red faced, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. As into grab. And and then she's just getting even redder faces. Like, no, I'm not saying grab the. Oh God, I'm just going to shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, just stop like, your head. I was like 22 at the time. It was funny. So my so my question, going back to what we were talking about earlier, if I use the word cunt and not calling a woman a cunt, is that okay? Well, not. I use it like Brits and Aussies. Everybody's a fucking cunt. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they use it like we use the word fuck. They use cunts like left and right. The I one think thing it I, used more. I think the one thing that I don't like about it when men use it is that they are also trying to demasculize another man, you know, if they're using it in that way, which also insinuates that, you know, not being masculine enough and being more feminine is a bad thing. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know? I, I I suppose that's the case. I'm definitely not using it. But that's that. a very, you know, niche <laughs> thing. I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, how dare you call him a cunt? Because that's not my business. Use whatever words you want to use. Just don't use yeah. them in my direction. We'll be okay. <laughs> I, I use it like asshole. Like for me, it's an interchangeable thing. Like, what a fucking asshole. What a fucking cunt. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah, cunts that's come the become a much larger part of my vocabulary within the past couple of years. So, also, also, I should say that if, if, if somebody's being whiny, then I'm, then I usually use the word bitch there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, not, that's genderless, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You whiny bitch. Like I get what they were talking about and what you're kind of getting at, Betty, with how they, uh, like they were talking about how it, it, it the bitch is used to demasculate and and that saying, you know, yada yada. I, I get all that, and I totally fucking agree. Um, but it's it. What's fascinating to me is that, as like you said, with fuck, it's very versatile. You can change it up, and I feel bitch kind of falls in the same category. It can mean multiple things. So. And, and that's one of the differences between uh, certain swear words. It's like the word fuck does not refer to any particular individual. You know, you can use it against an individual, but there's not somebody that you can, you know, sit there and say, well, calling them a fuck, you know, insults this other group of people that are known as the fuckiers, you know, or some shit like that. Oh, I do like calling people a fuck sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. You stinky. I fuck. like wanker. Wankers I call good. people wankers. Yeah. Um. What I, you know, and, and I. <laughs> that's. See, we could we could dive into how calling people wankers could be interpreted as a bad thing because it's making people feel like masturbation is wrong. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, we're damned if we do, and we're damned if we don't. I mean, that's, that's and that's the point I'm getting at with this whole thing is that when I hear a cuss word, 
I don't take it seriously. And I don't think others should either. And I think if people took cuss words less seriously, there wouldn't be an offensiveness behind them. Um, people would be less pissed off when they're called a bitch or a cunt. And I just think uh, I, that's, I, I don't know. That's just, I know that's just how I feel. And I, I don't expect other people to fall in line with exactly what I say, but. Well, know, it's somebody- like when, when Facebook was newer, I had a woman come on my page. I had to know from Adam and she chided me on one of my posts about my prolific use of the word fuck. And well, you know, you don't do that to me because it just led into a hell of a lot more fucks all over, you know? And I mean, I was like, what the fuck? You know, you come on my fucking page and tell me how I need to fucking talk because it fucking offends fucking you. (laughs) See, this is also, this is also why Betty, I put you in a high intelligence category because you just use the word chided alongside the word fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's like Jeff and I watched the thing on Twenty Slang the uh, yesterday, and we were both looking at each other, going, "We still use these words. Are what's wrong with us?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. Twenties as in nineteen twenties or twenties as in twenty year olds use them. Nineteen twenties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, chided is, chide is a good word for uh, chided is a good word. For how somebody can treat somebody else. I like yeah, that. I don't like being chided. No. I don't like being chastised. No, I, I don't like that either. <laughs> Let's go ahead and give this a grade um, and then move on to one division. Uh, either of you can go first. It's up to you. I'm going to give it a fucking A. There you go. <laughs> Huzzah! Uh, I'm going to give it a solid A as well. I'm going to give it an A+. I love Nicolas Cage. I love the subject matter. I love the reactions. I love to cuss. So it was definitely the perfect show for me. And I'm going to watch it again with hopefully my kid. Because, you know, again, I've already admitted I let her cuss. She's been cussing since she was 18 months old. (laughs) (laughs) I I know my daughter does. We just, you know. She doesn't want to do it in front of us, and she tries not to. And, you know, I know she does with her friends. And I don't give oh, a yeah. shit because, I mean, hell, when I was 13 years old, I fucking talked like I fucking do just now. Oh, yeah, same. I mean, you know, I, it's I, like when we were playing Mario Kart, she almost said, a, you know, shit, and she checked herself. And I was like, it's okay. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to rail you or anything about it. If if it upsets you, shit's the appropriate response. <laughs> yeah, I, I I said a lot like dumber shit when I was a, when I was a teenager, outside of just you know the regular cuss words. Like I gave an example for earlier, um, and that a lot a lot of that has to do with like peer pressure sort of thing. Like everyone else is doing it, why not me? Um, but uh, I think that's also why I don't take these words too seriously because in a way they all kind of fall into the same category of like, I said them when I was 15, I don't want to sound like a 15 year old. So that's my just, inner you know, 15 year old is still alive and well and kicking. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. And like, you should see my fucking room. I, I don't have anything that's not geek related. So there's that. I have a fucking space jam poster on my wall for Christ's sake. 
Hey, I have three giant teddy bears that my dad gives me every Christmas with a year on the foot. I love it. It's a tradition. You've seen you've seen this room I'm in. Holy shit. Yeah, if, your room's nice. If well, it was when we saw it. No, oh, it's still that way. There's been more shit added. I threw I threw up another bookcase last week and because I needed to expand. Um but yeah. It's uh We've mentioned on the show before that how I'm a collector of everything. This 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 room viewers would fucking shit themselves. Yeah, if they saw it. I was speaking of which. Don't forget to remind me to send you pictures of the um, dice that my friend got for me for uh, Yule. Okay, absolutely. Freaking awesome! They're metallic. They're well, not metallic. They are metal. They're beautiful. Nice. Um. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I think WandaVision is going to be a very interesting conversation, so I'm going to move on to that real quick. Um, okay, um, y'all go ahead and start with uh, the lead-up. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, something that we'll get into in a minute here that I find fascinating is um, we going into these episodes, Maya and I have watched every single MCU movie, as far as I know. You've seen every single one, right, Maya? Yeah, I've seen every single one, including the Incredible Hulk that is technically part of it, but never gets listed uh, because it was a Universal movie and not a Disney or a Disney slash Sony production. Yeah, yeah. It, it also has uh, a different Bruce Banner. Um, Better Bruce Banner, too, in a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, arguably, Iron Man also has a different fucking roadie, but that's a different whatever. Uh Arguably a better fucking Rudy, but hey, <laughs> nothing against Don Cheadle. I just like Terrence Howard better. He looked more like Rudy for sure, but um, yeah. So going into this, I knew that we were going to get a different type of story than we've seen in the MCU. Um, every single movie was very action packed and straightforward, whereas nothing was really kind of offbeat, if you will. Yeah, with the exceptions of the Guardians. Even those still had direct stories. Like, even the, those yeah, were like yeah. a fucking mystery being unfolded. Um, no, I'll I'm see back. what you're saying. Okay. Uh, but the other thing that I wanted to bring up before Betty took off was Maya and I kind of, we have a very long history with superhero stuff. We kind of know a lot of, a lot of junk, which we'll get into about these episodes because there's something in there that I don't know if Maya noticed, but I 100% did. Um, but Betty hadn't watched any of the MCU, as far as I knew. I'd watched bits and pieces of it, but not in any order. It was basically, hey, you want to go to the movies? And yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> gotcha. So you've been kind of catching up this past week. Mm -hmm. What Before we get into WandaVision, what are your thoughts on the MCU right now with what you I love it. <laughs> I awesome. love it. And so you know, I have watched Batman and I've had, you know, I've watched some of their other stuff. Um, Batman. I was, uh, well, the DC universe, I've watched things from that and it was always, why am I watching this? I, I was never enthralled. There was no good comedy to it. It was just, mischief and mayhem this there you know 
they're people and there's comedy, you know, in dark situations and, you know, yeah, there's heart and civil war broke my heart. I mean, it just, it was so hard to watch for me. I was like, why are y'all doing this? You're friends. What you, what you experienced with how you viewed the, the DC universe and then now the MCU um, is kind of how I went with comic books. Um, I read a ton of Superman. Sorry, I'm getting gassy suddenly. A uh, ton of Superman. Superman was like my favorite when I was much younger. Um, I'm talking like seventh grade. And uh, the ish, I read the death of Superman where he was, you know, this was the big deal. He's going to die. Uh, and in my mind, he died. Uh, he, there was no resurrection. He was done. So I moved on to Marvel and I went, what do I like? I like spiders. I'll read Spider-Man. Um, and it became abundantly clear to me as I read more Spider-Man and then more Marvel that these characters were a lot more fleshed out, that they were, they had real problems, realistic problems. And I liked that a lot more than, you know, basically what DC is, is a bunch of gods. Especially Peter Parker. Dude has some serious issues he had to deal with. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, so hearing you say that in regards to just the films is exactly why I love the MCU. Um, they didn't just, you know, make it superhero movies. And, um, well, um, you know, the thing for me is I wrote them off a long time ago because, you know, my, my introductions into the comic book world outside of things like Roman Dirge and Neil Gaiman, um, they were male based is my main conception of them. So I never got into the whole Marvel thing, you know, and once I did, I was like, wow, these are some badass bitches who can hold their own and nobody's tutuing them about it. You know, mm-hmm. what I, I really love excited, that. What I'm really excited is when they make the, um, the She-Hulk uh, show. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, Jessica is a lawyer a pretty like important lawyer. And um, when she gets the blood transfusion from, I don't know how they're going to do it in the show. This is comic. When she gets the blood transfusion from Bruce, which is her cousin, it permanently turns her into She-Hulk. She cannot revert back to a regular human. Oh, that sucks. But it doesn't stop her from still being a lawyer. So there are full on, and I'm not joking, issues where she's just a lawyer. She is just a giant green woman in a fucking suit being a lawyer. Good for her. It is fantastic. And then she's still. She also, fucking, she oh. also like enjoys sex. So a lot. Like, you know what? Since I can, let's throw down and fuck the juggernaut just because that'll be great. It, you know, and it's, she's not doing it in a, you know, oh. Uh, a demeaning way, you know, she's not being a slut, she's not being slut shamed. She's just like, Well, I don't care if there are women that there you like sex, you like sex. I don't exactly. care if you're a woman or a man, they write, they I like sex. Like they write it like that, they make sure that you understand that she's still a she's still a fucking successful lawyer, she's still a badass superhero, and she just likes having sex. Deal with it. And I love that about that character. That's why I'm excited for that show so much. Yeah, that makes me excited. Um, but uh I'm I'm super happy that you're enjoying the MCU. Like, how many how many movies have you watched so far? Um, I can't tell you how many. I do know that um, 
I did watch Guardians um, of the Galaxy uh, one and two. Nice. Um, I, I did get through all the Thor series. Nice. Uh, I do want to go through back and catch some. Uh, I did watch Winter Soldier and Civil War and Age of Ultron. And uh, I need to watch uh, Infinity War because it's been a hot minute since I've seen that one. And Endgame again. But, but it hasn't been that long since I've seen that one. So, okay. Um, yeah, there's, you still got a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we could knock those two movies out in a night, and that's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, last night we watched The Stand, so I could get caught up on that. But tonight I want to get at least Infinity Wars under our belt. Yeah. There's, it's, there's 21 movies. Like you're like, there's a lot, and there, you could totally fucking skip. I in my opinion, I think there's 23 if you include the Spider-Mans. And I eventually, I will be going back and watching all the ones I haven't seen. I thought that the list of 21 included Spider-Man, uh, oh, or maybe it maybe it's 22 including the Hulk. I don't know. Uh, the uh, it might be 22, but well, I know on Disney they have under the Marvel section. A row that is um, chronological order. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't know it's chronological. Yeah, yeah they you have it. to go down about four rows. That's cool. They're like, watch the MCU in this order, so that way you're never lost so much. And then when you mm-hmm. get to another movie, you've already seen everything that's relevant that pertains to the events in that. So that's why you get like I think Captain Marvel first, and then, or maybe it's Captain America then Captain Marvel. Uh, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2. Oh, it's okay. My brain was like chronological in release date, not chronological. No, chronological in the order you need to watch them to be okay. full Got in it. the story. Got it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that's actually really fucking cool. I'm happy to hear that. Uh well, all right, let's um let's dive into Wanda WandaVision now that we're past that. Um so I get a very bewitched feel from the oh, show. Yeah. 100%. Oh yeah, it that's intentional. You could tell by the second one's opening. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent bewitched. Uh, it, it was just like, okay, Wanda is totally Tabitha, and you know, my dad also is totally said, Darren. My dad also said Dick Van Dyke vibes. Mm-hmm. By the house, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh my god, is this the same house from the Dick Van Dyke show? Exactly what he said. He was like, it looks exactly like the layout of the kitchen looks identical. I was like, really? So I had to look it up. Yeah, the front door where they have like, you know, the step down. It it all looks identical. Hmm. Uh, Did you guys notice that the house changed in the second episode? I did not. Yeah, like if you go back and look at the location of where the door is, it's, it's closer. Um, it's it's not like super different, but it's changed enough in the second episode. You have to watch that again, or at least the camera angle might be different. But yeah, it did not look the same. Uh, but I don't think that means anything because I I personally feel like a lot of what we're seeing isn't. Did you guys feel like you might have gone like you were going a little crazy watching this? Like you kind of felt like what like what is happening? Where 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 is everything? Like it felt like a very strange sitcom from the fifties. Yeah, um, I think that's meant to be. I think we're meant to feel maybe how Wanda feels right now mm-hmm. because I feel like she's the only person in this realm that is actually alive. I don't think. 
Vision is technically alive. I don't think that any of the other characters who I think are part of the organization starting this, which we'll get into in a second because I want to see if Maya knows the organization. Um, I think that it, a lot of the people we're seeing are part of that organization. So here's my next thing. Maya, did you recognize the organization? Uh, well, I mean, I noticed there were some Hydra things sprinkled throughout. Uh, one Hydra thing, as far as I noticed. But it's not Hydra. No. It'll, you know, Can I take a guess? Go ahead. Sword? Yes. Sword was introduced in 2007 in the comics, and it is the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, they, I don't remember what the, the acronym stands for, but the logo that was on the computer, the notebook, oh, yeah, the, yeah, keepers back that's that's the sword logo. Um, and I, what I think, here's my theory on what's happening Wanda is trying to revive Vision because she's the only person who's seen what the Mind Stone looks like, which was in his forehead. In the process of doing this, somebody from S.W.O.R.D. or somebody that was in S.W.O.R.D. has fucked up that entire thing. This is why we hear that agent say, Wanda, who is doing this to you? Um, she's essentially trapped. And throughout the course of the show, we're going to keep getting like tiny clues each episode about who was doing this to her. Um, a lot of people saw that beekeeper at the end of the second episode and went aim. And I'm like, no, it's not fucking aim. Like, stop it. We, we know who aim was. We saw them in Iron Man three. Stop assuming it's aim. Um, just cause it looks like a fuck this, the, the fucking aim outfits from the comics doesn't mean shit. Uh, Oh, sword, so by the way, sentient world observation and response department. Thank you. Um, the way people act in this, like when they had the dinner with his boss and his wife, who was also on that 70s show, um, <clears throat> they acted very strange mm -hmm. when he was choking. And I, do you think someone is doing this to her or is she doing this to herself? It, that it, uh, I, There's a possibility. I think that somebody is doing this to her, which is why we got the who is doing this to you, Wanda. Um in the first, if we just saw the first episode, I'd be, I'd been like, yeah, it could be her herself. But I personally don't feel like it's her herself. I think that her mind is broken and it's trying to re reestablish reality. This is why we're going to go through different eras of sitcoms. Like this is why we're now in Technicolor Land, which is like late sixties, early seventies, um, or at least at the end of episode two. Uh, yeah, or she's pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're also going to get like weird breaks in reality where, you know, stop it, stop it, stop it. Like shit like that's going to constantly happen. Um, a fun little tidbit here. The the uh, the the black woman that's helping them on stage and that gets put into the cabinet. Uh, that woman we've seen that per that character we've seen. Monica. Uh, yeah, Monica Rambeau. She is the daughter of uh, the woman. I can't remember the character's name, but she was like the 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 partner. She was, she was Captain Marvel at one point. Well, Rambo becomes Captain Marvel later. 
Yeah, that's um, what, in the yeah. comments. Yeah, but I was saying that like that we've that that's that little girl that helped her figure out the color of her outfit in Captain Marvel. It's interesting. Did you yeah. guys? Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched Buffy. I never did. No. Ah, well, um, Dottie, <clears throat> the uh, the woman they're all a little snarky about, the woman who ran the whole thing. She's played by Emma Caulfield Ford, who was also Anya in Buffy, who was one of my favorite characters. So that was nice to see her working again. That's cool, yeah. I, my theory, my, my running theory right now is that Monica Rambeau runs, or she works for S.W.O.R.D. That, that little girl grew up, she saw what Captain Marvel could do and was inspired. So she works for S.W.O.R.D. Uh we are going to get something that has to do with Monica outside of wherever the fuck Wanda is trapped, trying to figure out who is doing this. Uh, can I do a little spoiler? I suppose. I don't know. What uh, that I haven't Kat seen. Dennings, Kat Dennings will make it, be making a significant appearance in this show. Yay. Yeah, I like what? her. What I like her. She's I, I don't. Uh, well, I mean, she was in Thor, so she's playing the same character. Well, yeah, obviously she, she's, she's had that character. So my okay, I guess my thought is, if she's playing the same character, then she works for Sword. That she she saw otherworldly shit and now works for Sword. I don't know. I don't see her the type to be working for anybody like that. But uh, well, I Sword don't know. Shield. We'll see Sword what. Shield, I mean, they would they would recruit anybody they thought had knowledge on something that could help them. So I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, so far I have enjoyed it. Jeff's enjoying it. You know, um, it did get me sucked into the Marvel movies and I appreciate that. And I'm very curious to see where this is going to go. It got really good at the end of episode two. So colors coming into the world. It reminded me of uh, Pleasantville. Yeah. Also, also want to bring up something that I just remembered. The commercials, the one for the toaster by Stark and the watch by Strucker. Mm -hmm. I th I think those are just um, memories for her. Those are just further like there's connections from the outside world. That's all. I, I don't think that they're meant to be anything other than that. I could be wrong, and the the whole Strucker thing could be like, hey, there's Hydra agents inside Sword. Like, oh, they were found out in Shield, and they had to like kind of stay in secret, and now they're now Sword is being run by Shield or Hydra. Could be like that. Sorry, that's what I wanted to say earlier. My bad. <laughs> but overall, I think it's got a promising start, and um, I'm curious to see how far it's going to go and um, what it's going to explain and whose theory is going to be right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, there's a lot that I'm not taking off the table. Like, I don't. I'm taking aim off the table for for 100 because that doesn't make a lick of fucking sense to me. But um, it could be, like you said, Betty. It could be 100 percent her own doing. Uh, it could be 100 percent. Uh, um, somebody else is doing it's. Right now, we don't know a ton. Yeah, and I honestly have questions about whether or not she's powerful enough to actually bring him back by creating an infinity stone in her own mind. I, you know, 
she could. She absolutely could. I, I know that in the comics there was a whole there was a whole line of issues where uh like X-Men and uh Doctor Strange and and a bunch of other characters like came together in a private meeting to figure out how to how to like stop her from going straight nuclear with her powers. Because she's that powerful. So but she's not a bad person. No, 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 no. no. Don't piss her off. Don't call her a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it goes in line with like what we saw in, in Civil War, where you know she accidentally destroyed a building and I think got some people killed because of it. So like that's kind of where her powers are. Like she's I don't know, she's capable of a lot of a fucking Oh lot. yeah. She's a straight up witch. Um oh here's a question I do have. Um and it was in Civil War when uh, King T'Challa was up there talking and, you know, bomb bomb. Why mm-hmm. don't they have like, you know, some vibranium clothing that will protect them from situations like this? I mean, you think that would be something you'd have to protect your people like your kings and your delegates that go out into the world? Um, my thought process is that they don't. They don't need them. They, they or at least they didn't think they needed them. Well, yeah, they do. But uh, yeah, well, obviously. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, like they don't, they they can't make everything out of vibranium. Uh, yeah, but you can make a Kevlar type vest out of vibranium. That would be true. much smaller and easier to hide under a suit. Very true. You ain't wrong. I mean, it, especially like later in the movie, we find out that like there's a ton of stuff that they're they're capable of. So you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong in, in any yeah. regard in that regard. But uh, I think it was more of there was two factors into that angle was development, <laughs> character development for the story's sake. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it was just an oversight on their part. <laughs> so I'm going to look at it like, oh, we don't need it. We'll be safe. And then, you know, oops. Oopsie doodle. Now, now the king is dead. I'm sending you a link, guys, right now in the chat of the Vision uh, limited series that they put out a few years ago and how the one division is very uh, similar to it, just in tone, just based on the cover appearance. Uh, I'm going to read this probably today and see if there's any clues. Yeah. Cause but, I, yeah, I've been, I've been racking my brain trying to figure things out because I'm fucking absolutely fascinated by it. Uh, they had they had two ads they put on Twitter uh, the day it came out, and one was of Wanda, and it said like it was it was advertising the television, uh, but not a not the show itself. It was like this amazing show in Technicolor, yada yada yada. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I I have to stop for just a second. Lady Gaga is at the inauguration and she just walked in and her outfit, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I have it on and it's on mute, but good Lord. Uh, the two advertisements were about not the show itself, but as if it was a TV, mm-hmm. a TV itself. And one said, um, uh, uh, signal so, so clear, you'll think you're in a dream. And the other one said, made in the shade. Both dream and shade were had capital uh, letters in the beginning, like emphasize. Yeah, there's lots of Easter eggs and uh, hidden clues in this. So, 
I'll be very yeah. curious to see what else they're going to pull out. I'm paying attention like a fucking hawk looking for a mouse. I swear to God. Like, I, uh, there's so many little things that I'm like, I'll pause it and be like, what am I? Is there anything? Any clues? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back and rewatch it because, you know, I, I saw the sword, but I didn't pick up on. You know the sword. I saw the sword logo, but I didn't pick up and think of the organization sword themselves because I've never really read much with them in it. I only knew this because of research. So I saw the sword logo, and my brain went, "Is that sword?" And I had I typed in you know Marvel sword into my phone, and it came up with their logo immediately. I was like, "Fuck!" So I was like, "I can't." I I'm surprised that they're introducing sword into the into the MCU. Like I didn't think that was going to happen. So. Well, apparently, just by a quick search a few minutes ago when I was looking what the acronym stood for, they had been mentioned on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before. Oh, okay. I didn't. All right. Didn't know that. I never finished Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The show got a bit jump jump at the sharky-ish. Jump the shark-ish. Any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Uh... No, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to try and finish up the rest of the Marvel movies this week, and uh, I think we're good. Um, I've also got the inauguration on now, and I'd say Lady Gaga looks comparatively tame to other times I've seen her. So, oh no, true. It's 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 just uh, like everyone else is in you know sleek suits and mild tones, and she's like fucking pink ass dress. I'm like, all right, <laughs> you do you, Lady Gaga, and a gold microphone for that matter. Well, that uh, giant dove on her. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's 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 signature Lady Gaga. You gotta admit. <laughs> it definitely is, even if it's toned down. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's give a, let's go ahead and give a grade to the first two episodes. Uh, when you two go first. Maya, you go first. I went first last time. All right, Betty, you go first. Okay, I thought um, the first two episodes were good. They were a good introduction. Um, it left me wanting more answers, so it led me in another direction. I definitely give them an A. Awesome. I love the fact that it's made you want to watch and gotten you into, invested in the stories that led up to this. Yeah. It's it's always pleasing to see somebody turned on to something that you enjoy what they had written off previously before for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, which makes me feel obligated now. You need to turn me on to something that I previously dismissed that you enjoy. Well, I've tried. It's called Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's tried that too. That's not fair. Well, you said it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and for that, I'm going to give this episode, uh, these two episodes, an A. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm A as well. It's not an A plus because I think that they like something that I don't, I don't mind as much, but there's like, and it's, it's, it's part of the show and I get it. I hate canned laughter. I fucking hate it. <laughs> so the fact that it's in the show always kind of just takes me out for a second. But, uh, Eh, I'll deal with it because it's meant to be there. It's meant to kind of show the case of the craziness that's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you some canned laughter and send it to you. I'll fucking throw in the goddamn garbage. No, you won't. You'll have to 
display it on your shelf with your other stuff because it's a gift. You can't actually. Actually, if, if you got me a can that said canned laughter, I'd absolutely put it on my shelf and it'd be a collector's item because that is actually quite hilarious in itself. Uh, um, but yeah, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be watching Stand Episode 6. Maybe season one. We don't know yet. <laughs> um, and uh, episode three of WandaVision. We don't have anything else we're going to be re- uh, uh, watching to review. Mainly because we all got shit we want to watch anyway. But uh, depending on how today goes, we might have other things to talk about. Yes, 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 yes. Very much so. Thank you. I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, again, make sure you check out all of our socials below. Um, and if we do add something to the list, if something comes up in the week, like a movie or something, we'll let you know on the social medias. Um, yeah, other than that, I can't think of anything. Uh, Maya, where can folks find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. Um, it's a public profile. So if you wish to follow me on either Twitter or Instagram, which are both labeled at Miss Maya Dawn, uh, you can do so. You can catch me on other shows as well. I'm on two other podcasts each week. Uh, Well, both are on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on a show called Figabangin'. And then every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Nerdlife Syndicate. Um, Have a lot of fun on those. Uh, Check them out. Uh, Check out the Realm of Collectors if you're into... Anything collectibles, nerd culture, things like that. I think you'd really like it. But yeah, that's me and all the places you can find me. What about you, Betty? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Bright Betty Badger Ogletree. Not Bright Betty Badger Ogletree. Betty Badger Ogletree. And you can find me on Twitter at Bright Betty. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me under Chub Rock Geek under all socials. Uh, that's the easiest. And Twitter's probably my most uh, active. Um, but uh, well, that's it for me. I'm not doing anything else. Um, I did have another episode that I did with Anthony a few weeks ago. So if you want to check that out, go to missionstartpodcast.com, which is still active. Um, I believe he has uploaded it. And it's just us talking about 2020 and video games, um, which is... As a, a lot of you long fans know, that was basically how I did my podcast, was just video game stuff. But um, yeah, if that's something you're into, go check that out. Uh, but yeah, guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Um, it's uh, I think 2021 is going to be a great year for both entertainment and other things. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited for what's going to come and, and yada, yada, yada. Blah, 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 blah. Again, make sure you check out the newest episode of The Stand, the newest episode of WandaVision. Meet us back here next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. All right. Peace, love, and polypops. Take care, everybody. Except for you, Mango Mussolini. You're fired. Yes, you are fired. You are the weakest link, and goodbye. <laughs>